0: We were always like, play to win, play offensively, never play trying not to lose. Like, don't ever play defensively. If I had had different coaches that trained and prepared people at a different level, I would not have been able to reach the level of of greatness that I did, and I wouldn't have been on that Olympic team. And so, who you get coached by does matter. Everybody can live out the gold standard by setting those goals persevering when it's hard right have quality people around you and then just just do do the work like
1: I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help you crush your self-limiting beliefs and embrace being unapologetically you. The Born Unbreakable podcast brings you inspirational stories from all over the world that will empower you to unlock your unbreakable spirit. I'd love to partner with you on your next breakthrough. Go to bornunbreakable.com to schedule a free transformational call. Action begins today. Are you looking for a one-stop shop in Las Vegas where you can comfortably stay and host an event? Athena Estate is located in Southwest Las Vegas, just 10 minutes from the Strip and offers everything you need. On over an acre of land, this indoor-outdoor venue is perfect for an intimate retreat, a small wedding, or a milestone birthday. We offer a variety of packages and services that will fit your needs and your budget. Book with us by December 26th and receive 20% off your stay or event. Visit staydorado.com, that's S-T-A-Y-D-O-R-A-D-O dot to learn more. We look forward to customizing your next experience. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast, episode 134. You've heard me on my previous episodes talk about how excited I was for this episode because I have a very special guest. Her name is Leah Amico, and I have to mention how I found out about Leah or learned more about her. I knew about her and had the pleasure of hearing her on stage. So in October, Leah and I were at an event called Rise and Record put on by an amazing human being named Brandon T. Adams and his beautiful wife. And it really is bringing people together to elevate their brands and really elevate their minds. And so it's very, a very enriching, learning, yet intimate environment. And that's one of the things I love about it is it's not thousands of people where you are overwhelmed of how to connect. It's really more like 150 people where you can actually make some really meaningful connections. And I saw Leah on stage really talking about her journey and she happens to be a three-time gold olympic medalist from the usa softball team. And so that alone I was just fascinated by that whole process that she's went through, but more than that, I think the journey of what it what it takes to be uh, a good human being and a leader because I do think the nature of sports, uh, I think many people listening can relate in some way either you grew up with it or you you know maybe your kids play sports, you've got family members. So it's very much of a community building. I think, and it it teaches us a lot of things, I think in ways that meet even more than what we might anticipate. So, you know, aside from Leah's Olympic, Accolade. She's also a two-time world champion, a three-time national champion at the University of Arizona. She's been inducted into the Softball Hall of Fame. And today she's a motivational speaker, um, a college softball analyst with ESPN. And she is also a podcast host of a podcast called The Gold Standard, which you have to listen to. I started listening to it and it's extremely inspiring. So Leah,
0: thank you for being here on the show today. I'm so excited to be here with you and to just be able to share a little bit. And I love what you're doing with Born Unbreakable.
1: Oh, it's awesome. So I, I have to ask you, we have to kind of go back to the beginning, because of course, we're going to get to the part where, you know, with the gold medals, and I, I'd love for you to show everybody, anybody who's watching this um, on video, but w- where did your journey start? You know, as as a young kid, when you think back to Leah, as as a as a young girl, before you you made this rise into you know college softball and then ultimately the Olympics, where did that dream begin?
0: You know, as a young girl, I was super um, just. Just loved to be active. I love to ride my tricycle down a big hill, my parents would say. I love to be outside running around. Back in the day, I remember I did not want to wear jeans. They were way too uncomfortable. It didn't allow me to run and jump and play. You know, the big name was the tomboy, right? When I was growing up, it was, you know, you're a tomboy if you love to go out and you love to compete. And so my parents um, signed me up for both softball and soccer when I was uh, six, seven years old. And they just happened to be two sports that I was pretty good at pretty quickly. Like I took to both of those sports really quickly. And what's funny is when I, a few years later, when I got into junior high, I was introduced because I didn't have softball and soccer at the middle school. So I ended up trying out for volleyball and basketball was terrible at both of those. So what's funny was I was athletic, I would say, but it was softball and soccer that right off the bat, I was aggressive in I was I was a pitcher um, started taking pitching lessons when I was eight years old and people just didn't do that back in the day so so when my parents saw how much I loved it and I was drawn to it then they're like okay well what can we do to make her even better and and they sacrificed to let me do stuff like that so I fell in love with sports and athletics and winning and competition at a young age
1: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think you're, you know, you talking about you trying different sports. I think that's very relatable. We all, we all try until we figure out where we have that flow. And it's kind of like that you figure out quickly what you're not good at. And then you stay in the lane of the the things that you, you know, really rise to the occasion, especially the competitive nature, you know, of sports. So then you continued on and you went to the University of Arizona, and Tell me about that experience for you there.
0: Yeah. So I I got into competitive ball when I was about in in eighth or ninth grade. I got recruited by a a team that was traveling. And you know, when I was actually 14, I won my first national championship. That began the the dream of going to college and getting a scholarship. I didn't come from a very well-to-do family. There's no way my parents could have afforded college at that time. And I was the firstborn. But this opportunity now of, hey, you could earn a college scholarship. So that became a goal. That became a dream. I was the first one in my family to go to a four-year college, and I got the chance to be recruited by the University of Arizona right before my senior year. I had no idea about this process. I just, I I went to a couple different schools when I was, who I was being recruited by and went to Arizona first and I fell in love with it. And there's just like, just like, it was like softball and softball. I fell in love with them. Right. And like, there was just this feeling. And I really believe like when you're you're pulled towards it, like there's just something special because I went to the second college and I was like, oh, I don't have that same feeling here. I didn't know if every school would be like that, but I, the coach and the atmosphere and the school and the players, like there was just something about it. So I said yes to the university of Arizona got there my freshman year and here I am this pitcher out of Southern California and Arizona had just won their first national championship ever they were not expected to a couple years earlier and they were so now they were one of the top teams in the country and i come in and you know there's only one other pitcher and i'm pitching and I I did OK. I didn't do great. I did all right. But then my hitting, I did really, really well with that. And so we get to the Women's College World Series that year. And I am just literally so excited to be competing. I'm just I just am like pinching myself like this is everything I dreamed about, like going to you know college and getting the scholarship and then playing for a national championship. And we get to the final game against UCLA. And I end up getting the only hit in the game against Lisa Fernandez, who was the star pitcher for college, for USA softball, for UCLA. And I get a hit, but there was a runner on second. We end up scoring and she only pitched a one hitter. And we went on to win the national championship on that one hit and that one run that scored from it. And I was this 18 year old that now believed I could do anything (laughs) because I just got a hit off one of the world's best pitchers. And then they said, and a few years softball is going to be Olympics. And all of a sudden as an 18 year old, I was like, I can be on that team. That's
1: incredible. That's incredible. So I want to talk about that, that feeling, that feeling of I can do anything because there's moments we have like that. And then there's other moments where we feel like, okay, maybe not so much. Now there's, whether you're listening right now and you're someone who, you know, has thought about that dream, maybe like an Olympic dream, or even parents, because I feel like there's many parents who's, whose kids, whether they're a gymnast or play some kind of sport, um, just like I think professional sports, like they, you know people think about the NFL or women's NBA or anything like that. It's 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 an aspiration that's possible. So at what point for you did you say, okay, Olympics, and then what is that journey? Because I think we just turn on the TV. We're like, it's Olympic season, but don't necessarily understand the whole process to say, okay, if I was interested in that or have you know, a child that you could really have the potential, what
0: does it take to even get that far to make it in the first place? Well, I feel like everything had that much more purpose. So everybody's practicing, right? In college softball, everybody's practicing. But how are they practicing? And are they doing extra practice every day? Because every single day of me putting in a little extra, going a little early, maybe working a little bit harder in the weight room, maybe spending a little extra time with our strength coach, whatever that was, working on my mental game, if I do a little bit of that every single day, that adds up a lot over time. And so I would say a lot of people want it. I I tell people like my son is actually a high school football player right now. And he wants to play in college, but I sometimes will watch and I'll say I don't know how bad he really wants it because you almost have to be obsessed with it in some ways. I feel like it was it was this burning desire that nothing was going to get in my way. Now that does not mean I didn't have times of doubt and moments of doubt. I believe I personally believe everybody does. If you don't, that's amazing. I mean, God bless you. But I think most people do. But it's how long you stay there. It's how long you stay on those thoughts and what you allow to take place next. So what I would for me, when I would have those doubts that would push me to get, nope, I'm going to overcome that by my preparation. I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare. And when I get there now, my confidence grows. I'm just big on you being, um, reliable, being consistent. When you show up every day consistently, that's where confidence grows. And then I believe what we use a lot in softball, but I think this is in life too, being clutch. Being the one that comes through when it counts the most. Who are those clutch people? I'm going to tell you why they're clutch. Because they showed up every day before that and they prepared. And they were very consistent in how they did it and what they did. So that when everything's on the line and all the pressure is there, those are the people you see that find a way. Those are the people that make to the Olympics. Those are the people that win gold medals. Those are the people that are successful no matter what they're doing. You don't have to start out as the best. But if you put that time in because you love it and you want it, you are going to see results. You it might not be in the beginning what you, you know, what your highest expectation was, but it's always going to be moving in a forward motion.
1: Yeah yeah it's those those two millimeter shifts you know as as like a Tony Robbins might say. it's just little by little, but you're right. I think when when we look at the greats you you say you're Kobe Bryant or your Michael Jordan or a Tom Brady, that consistency is so vital. It's the showing up early, leaving late, having devotion, even when you're in pain, even when you don't want to. And I do think that makes a world of difference. Is that level of commitment isn't just; it's not optional. It's required, yeah. and I and I do think that's that's a big a big defining factor for the people who uh, excel and those who call it quits early. So, eighteen years old was that the right after when you started to. Pursue the Olympics. Like, how old were you when you went um, and made it on the USA softball team?
0: Yeah. So softball. There, there was a USA softball team, and I didn't really know about it because it didn't have a lot of attention media wise. And there was a team that would play in the World Championships every four years, and then there's Pan American Games every four years. And the Olympics was softball wasn't in the Olympics until. 1996, which is actually my senior year of college. And that's when I ended up taking the year off to go compete for Team USA. So when they announced that it was, I was just very fortunate to be at that point in my career, in my age, being at the Women's College World Series, coming up clutch in a big moment. So eyes were on me. And I was able, the next year we got to the Women's College World Series, and I actually set the batting average record for hits. And then that's when I went to my first USA team. And that first tournament, it was, was kind of like a B team for team USA. So they had their women, their team. And then they had like almost like a secondary team that some of us athletes that were starting to be in the, in the program that they wanted to keep an eye on. And I ended up leading, went to Guatemala and I ended up leading the team in batting average at that tournament. And so I just immediately was like getting this recognition and was kind of rising to this challenge. But I remember going to that tryout, the final, you know, tryout for the Olympics, because then you had to make the like, go to a tryout that year. And they would have these, you know, they would have like 60 players that were in the process, and they were going to cut it down to 15. And um, I remember some older players saying, you know, these younger players, they'll have their chance later. And I remember thinking, no, I, I know I'm only 21. But I can be on this team. And, and again, it comes back to that core belief, because here's the thing I could want it, but if I didn't believe I should be there and could be there really in my heart, I don't think, I don't think I could have come through when it counted. So we got to find out if we don't have those beliefs, what are holding us back? And a little bit of doubt does not mean you don't have beliefs. It's just that we got it we got to be recognizing what are those core beliefs that we hold and how can we grow those and improve that if we have things that hold us back.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, and that that can eat away and even something like age is something that we we do that. Oh, well maybe it's too early for me. Maybe I'm too young for this. Maybe I'm not ready for this. Those are those come up with with so many life things whether it's sports or your career you know or you know certain relationship things so i'm i'm so glad that you're pointing out the importance of starting with believing in yourself because if you don't then why should should other people so it does have to start with you so i'm curious because you know i think again as as the uh, as an observer because Olympics is such a big thing that I think we all gravitate to because it's inspiring. I think it gives us hope. I think it gives us pride for whatever country you know you're you're rooting for, yeah. uh, and and the USA is. Quite competitive, you know, when we look at the history of the Olympics and all of the sport, sports through the years as it's grown and all of the, the representation that it has. So I can imagine that the pressure, I mean, you're, you're on a a global stage, you know, you, it's, it's one thing when you're like, I'm in my hometown and I'm playing in high school or college. And then all of a sudden the stage gets so
0: much bigger. How do you manage under pressure? So that's what you do when you train. And I think I started learning this in college. You know, one of the things you hear is about people going to the Women's College World Series and now it's a bigger crowd and it's louder and there's a lot more cameras on you and there's a lot more at stake in the pressure. And you see certain athletes who just, it doesn't affect it all. And others, you can feel that they're wearing the weight of the world on their shoulders. And so I think I learned that at college through those experiences to be 100% percent zoned in and I think what would happen to me is the bigger the stage the more focused I became if we were playing an opponent that the game didn't really mean that much and I don't know what it was I just would struggle sometimes I think I over I was overthinking whereas the bigger the pressure the more I focused and immediately went to what is my opponent what do I need to do and I was all in the moment. And I think that's what's so important because we would practice different things and it's really your thought process. When it comes down to it, that's why people talk so much about sports being a mental game. And we swing Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of times and we take thousands and thousands and thousands of ground balls and make these plays. But in the end, when it comes down to it, it is all about what are you thinking about? And the very first Olympics I went to, it was on our home turf. So that was really nice. There was that comfort. But first game, I'm in right field and my heart was pounding outside of my chest. Like it was more than ever before. So my nerves, right? And I'll never forget after the first pitch was thrown, all of a sudden, I just had this thought, it's the same game you've played since you're a little girl. And from that moment on, not that I didn't before every single game until until the day I retired, I would have those butterflies. Right. I feel like it, that's just that's that anticipation that shows you like you still have that passion for it. Right. And then it would, we'd get into it and all of a sudden it was comfortable. I was with my teammates and we were on go mode. We were always like play to win, play offensively, never play trying not to lose, like don't ever play defensively. Like it is always like we're doing our job we're going to make you, you know, react to what we have. And so, um, with that being said, with the Olympics and this stage, that training that I had in those other moments was, it's the same thing I applied. And so whatever we, you know, we do in these big moments, no matter what whether it's our family and we're going through a hard situation and we're like, no, but I'm going to be in control and I'm going to be the rock or if it's your job, right. And there's a lot of pressure. Okay. Well, what, what is my focus? Those people that do really well at staying calm under pressure, though, then your heart rate stays calm. That just shows that in a sense, like when you've done a lot of preparation, you've put yourself with that, like mindset in that mode.
1: Yeah. I think the word that comes to mind is equanimity. I've been embracing that word more, you know, and 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 it really represents exactly what you said. It's that calm when everything around you is testing, that calm. And so that's that that is such a a key piece of advice because I you know, I do want to ask you, like, what is the recipe for, you know, you mentioned this drive that you had when you were young and it, it was innate within you that you want to win, you're a competitive person. And so it, it was such a great match for a team because then you can inspire that around you. I do believe energy feeds each other. So if you, someone, you know, comes with great energy, then it feeds that energy. If someone comes with bad or negative energy, then those vibes are going to resonate out as well. You know, what have you found is that recipe for winning or that recipe for gold? As you think about the Olympic teams that you've been on that have won gold three times.
0: Yeah, I, I really think it's um, it's just the the willingness to do whatever it takes. You know, I, there were times I had to play a role on my first team. I was, a, you know, I was splitting time with another right fielder. I played half the time and I didn't play in the final game by my last olympics they my coach moved me to first base so so there's this this willingness to put team first always there is this desire to be the best like that is something that i really believe some of it is innate i think some of it obviously i worked on and i you know but but i would say for me personally like whether it was in the classroom i was I, it didn't come easy to me in a classroom but i ended up being academic all american 3 times and Literally only because of the effort I put in. Like if I didn't give every single thing every single day, like I probably would have had really poor grades. But when I worked super hard, <laughs> these great results came. So that, that competitiveness. And then I really have realized and all of us, again, we're all built differently, but I do believe probably most people, there's something about the people around us and wanting to do something to celebrate together and to push each other like you talked about. And I look at my entire life and I'm like, you know what, when it comes down to it, I I don't want to do anything alone. I am all about like, for me, like it's all about locking arms with others and like, let's go far together because I know there's times where I need to be pulled up and there's times where I'm pulling them up. And so I feel like it's, Mm -hmm. it's those things, that team atmosphere, the being willing to do whatever it takes You know, and, and then again, that mindset at the, at the heart of it, if I looked, I'm like, everybody truly had this belief because when I got to the Olympic team, everything was the gold standard. Our expectation was gold. We trained every single day, you know, knowing that this is going to help us get gold. (laughs) Like we were not going to settle for anything less than gold. (laughs) Like literally everything was, was surrounded, um, from, what we, you know, talked about to what we ate to the things we did, you know, on our off time, like the extra time we were putting in for our sport individually, because that's what I found every, what happened was we had our team practices, but then every person at that level knew the extra of what they needed to do individually to be ready for our team to to win gold.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What's the importance of coaching when you think about the coaches that you've had? How has that impacted you and your experience?
0: It's everything. (laughs) It's everything. And you know what? The older I get, the more I realize we need coaching and everything. (laughs) We need coaching. We should be coaches. I mean, honestly, you know, I think about it, and 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 I had this on my team. I had my my coach, you know, and then I had so he would say, "Hey, to this assistant coach, hey, you're going to work with the outflutters because right now I want you to focus on that. And the more you focus on that, we're not going to just be general. We're going to have people built up in their own area specifically. So that's going to give us more depth, and that's going to make us even better." Then we had our strength coach, strength and conditioning coach, and that he was focused, and that was his, that was his, you know, strength and. He would get us better and build us up and make this program that brought that part out of it because we needed both, right? It wasn't just on the field, but it was you know the endurance that we had and the peaking at the right time and being as quick as we possibly could be, but being strong as well. And so we had a nutritionist because that was important. And so I look at the way we used all these different coaches. We had a sports psychologist because the mental game is so important. And so for me, you know I, I look back and I think of the mentoring just in my faith life and how that's impacted me as as a foundation and you know my family and um and then you know I think about you know even business coaching like it's so important because if you want to get to another level, like you want to be led by the people can that can get you there. So when you talk about the you know or ask me about the importance of coaching, the coaches I had were the reason I stood on that podium. Uh, th- no doubt about it. If I had had different coaches that trained and prepared people at a different level, I would not have been able to reach the level of of greatness that I did, and I wouldn't have been on that Olympic team. And so, who you get coached by does matter.
1: Wow, that's. That is, that's gold <laughs> right there. The, those words are gold. And, and I love the, the arc that you shared with it. It's across everything in life. You know, there's, there's always dimensions that we're improving on and having the, the desire to ask for expertise and get that guidance and that support is, uh, something that also I think teaches us humility. Because you don't always know everything, you know. Even though you acquire more and more information and knowledge and practice, there's there's always more. I think that you can learn. So that's that's amazing. Well, and and so I want to, because I I think it's amazing when somebody goes to the Olympics, and and even has a shot at gold, because it's like I said in the beginning, it's very aspirational, right? So like even for the person that got the silver. Or the bronze. I mean, that takes a lot too, right? So you can't uh, you can't uh, diminish the how much it takes just to even get on the podium. So you did get <laughs> but to you, the Olympics. You did it more than one time. Yeah, and, and even that. Be like you said, sixty people. At like, okay, well, they're choosing fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's a small fraction, you know. So there's a lot of people with an incredible amount of talent that you know don't don't always get there. So. Um, what like what made you want to keep going? Because I think some for sometimes I think people are like, Are you kidding? I did it, I got my gold medal, that was really cool. I uh can put this one in the books and now I'm gonna go over here because it's 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 a mental grit for to be able to train and it's four years and it's traveling and it's all this stuff. So what made you continue to to go? you know, on this, on this journey more than one time.
0: Yeah. I, I have to go back to the passion inside of me and the desire it's it's funny because so the first olympics would have been easy right because i was in college and so i was a college i was a student athlete i was getting my college degree while competing for, you know and getting i had a scholarship and so that was easy so then i graduate and then it's like okay in a sense you put your life on hold i thought i was eventually going to be a teacher okay i got my secondary education um was going to be a teacher but in the meantime because i was still playing for team usa you kind of put that stuff on hold and so i was Traveling around and doing some clinics, and you know, teaching softball players, and doing a little bit of speaking, and was doing these different things. All everything was centered around making Team USA each summer, being able to compete with them, and then waiting till the Olympic year. And then the Olympic year is, you know, much bigger commitment. And so, I got married in between Olympics, and um, and so by the second Olympics, my husband and I had been married for a year and a half. And so at that point you know, some people might've thought, okay, like move on with your life. You're good. You know, you, you have two gold medals, but there's just, it's like these pro athletes, you know, and let's think of an MLB player, Derek Jeter, right? Derek, you, you know, you've won some world series championships. Like you're the best that there is. Like it's, it's time, but it's like only you know that time. I mean, look at what happened with Tom Brady this year. (laughs) Everybody else wanted him to be done. He thought he was done and then he came back. So there's something inside of you that is like, I'm not done yet. And so what happened was I wanted to be a mom after my second Olympics. I'd been married, wanted to be a mom and I knew four years in between. And I thought, I'm gonna try to do both. I haven't, no softball players have done it, but I've seen some soccer and basketball in the USA teams. So I had my son and somebody said to me, you know, after you have a baby, you, you might just find that you just want to be home, you know? I had um a college coach say, Hey, you wanna come coach? I mean, you know, how long are you gonna keep playing? And, you know, for female sports, I mean, I was only 25 at this time, 20. It's so young, but like for females, that's later, just because there's not as many opportunities. For men, that's still really young. So I had my son and I said, you're right, that's true. And I just knew. I mean, I had a C-section and as soon as that doctor released me, I was out at the batting cage, I was at the gym, I was out there throwing up in my workouts because I was like going to get back as quick as possible. And within a few months, I literally got in the best shape of my life. And so here I was after having a baby getting in the best shape because I knew I was getting a little bit older, the competition coming up was faster and stronger. And so I needed to kind of take it up another notch, even though I already had two gold medals. So I think that desire to keep going and keep getting better and keep striving to say, I have all this experience, but how can I get an edge still? And so I just knew, I knew I wasn't done. I ended up making the team. I got the hit to, uh, at the world championships that summer to winning RBI for us to beat Japan, to bring home the gold medal at the world championships. And I just remember thinking on that podium, grabbing my son and my little one-year-old is right there with me and thinking this was all worth it. And then two years later when he was three was when, you know, I, I ended up playing first base that last Olympic quad and, and we won that gold medal and, and then as soon as that Olympics was over, I knew I was done. I knew that was it. It was the weirdest thing. Not one time did I have that feeling before that, but as soon as that Olympics was over, I knew I was done on the field. Wow. Yeah. But you, I
1: love hearing it. I love hearing your story because it's that, it's that fire within. And only you have that gauge. You have that barometer of, what to, you know, what your goals and aspirations are, what you want to achieve. And when you have that, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go to the next chapter of, of my life. But I, so you mentioned the podium, you know, if you could describe in one word, which I, which I know is a challenge, what it's like to stand on an
0: Olympic podium, what would, what would that word be? The first word that just came to my mind was exhilaration. My gosh! Ah, I just can you show your medals? I can can yes. you show them? Yes. Oh, yes. My gosh. So Atlanta, nineteen ninety six, was my first. It's kind of bright. Um, and then Sydney, two thousand. So we went to Sydney, Australia. And then my third Olympics was in Athens Greece that one was amazing where the Olympics began the history that was there I, I just I had to pinch myself I was like I cannot believe I'm here in Athens Greece where the Olympics began and now we're competing on the softball field
1: that is surreal it's almost like an outer body like
0: it's <laughs> experience like a different life I something lived. I mean
1: I just <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, I think about the legacy that you've created, and to be able to share the stories with your son, obviously, I know he was one, when, you know, he was in the middle of all the all the the hype and the celebration, but what fun to look back on and be able to tell, you know, those stories uh, through through the years. But you know i it's it's just incredible your your drive your ambition and also your desire to help people because i think that's the other thing that i see and when you talk is is you pouring into others who are wanting to have some of those same experiences or accomplishments because that's like that's the next thing right is the yeah. you get to experience things but then does it feel when you're helping other people to get to their goals and their dreams in this space
0: Yeah, I I just, I just, I want us all to win. Like, I, I think, like, that's just like being on a team and standing on that podium. Like, I said, I would, I was like, I could never have been an individual sport. I, I, those people are amazing. I'm like, but having them all beside me. And I feel like that's what I want. Like, I want, everybody to experience. It's like the, to me, the gold standard, like nobody's going to be forced, right? Like I I played with some of those athletes that they just didn't want it very much. And that's fine. That's your choice. But for those that do, and that are like, how do I get there? What do I need to overcome in order to, those are the ones that it's like, you can do it. Like there, there are you know these these paths and just that consistency, like you talked about the resilience that it takes because everybody's going to face hard times, you know. And then and then those people who do you have mm-hmm. as your support system because what happens when you start to fall or struggle and you have people to help pick you up, like you know you have it. So helping others, I really believe those that help others go farther in their own lives too in their own successes. I, I looked at my Olympic coach. And I'm telling you to this day, like he was the one probably that shared the most information with everybody else. He didn't, he didn't, I'm sure, you know, he had some little secrets, but he shared, he shared, he was always learning, always listening to other coaches, softball and baseball thinking, what can I add? If I hear something that's going to, you know, I can maybe apply, he would come to practice and he'd be like, let's try this. I heard someone say this, let's just try it and see. (laughs) So he was, he was, even though he was the top of the top, he wanted to learn. And I, I literally to this day, I'm like, that's it. I just want to I don't want to ever stop learning. When I retired at 29 with 3 gold medals, I was like I still could have been better, you know? Now I just need to find be better in, in other ways.
1: Yeah. No, but I think that that is such a big piece that you mentioned with the willingness to share. Sometimes there's those that want to hoard information or I don't want to give away my secrets or, you know, it's this this feeling like that there's not enough for everyone. And I think the truth is that there is. <laughs> There's enough for everyone to, to have a, a slice of the excitement and the, the experience. And I think when you adopt that mindset of giving, it, it changes. Like you said, I, you receive even more than what you expect in that, in that process. But you mentioned the gold standard. So talk to me about the catalyst of the show, your show, The Gold Standard. And I also understand that GOLD is an acronym. So can you describe that?
0: Yeah. So so GOLD is an acronym. I'll share that first. So it's about goals because I really believe like you have to know where you're headed. So being goal-oriented and focused on this is the outcome. If you're like, I just want to be successful, you're probably not going to end up very far because you have to have, for me, the college scholarship the Olympic gold medal, right? I needed to find those specific things that's going to impact my training on a daily basis because then you set the plan. Oh, is overcoming obstacles because that resiliency piece, like it, if you, everybody's going to face hard times, but that stops a lot of people. The obstacle could be fear. It could be fear of failure. Could, you don't even get started. It could be fear. You know, it could be perfectionism. It could be fear of what others think. Limiting beliefs alone, right? You're going to, it might be a, an obstacle that happens, you know, in your personal life, in your health life. I mean, there's so many different things, but how you deal with it is going to make all the difference. And then L is the leadership piece. And you talked about that, the coaching, like for me, 100%, the leaders that you have, or you being a leader, it goes both ways because even within a team, right? I had my coach, but then I had leaders, but then I was a leader. Like it, it, the, the leadership piece is crucial. And then um, D is the dedication and drive. So it's that. The, I believe the D is the action piece. You set the goal, you persevere when it gets hard, you have those leadership pieces in part. But the D is what are you doing on a daily basis? How committed are you really? What sacrifices are you willing to make? Because I'm going to tell you people that really, become successful, they make a lot of sacrifices. I made a lot of sacrifices. So so goals, overcoming obstacles, leadership, and then dedication and drive. And to me, those were core components of how I became an Olympic gold medalist, what's driven me and helped me as a commentator, as a speaker, as a softball coach in many ways, like just all different things. Um, but, uh, you know, actually we started out with our show. Um, I started out interviewing pro and elite level athletes olympians um, mlb player um, former nba player and you know a lot of my olympic softball players and i just want to talk to them about their stories because like you're asking me my story right we all have different stories and those that have reached the top in softball i've seen them go on to be very successful no matter what else they've done Um, some it's real estate some it's speaking some it's commentating i mean there's all different things some it's coaching right and so I just wanted to hear these core components. Some of it was the same. Some of it was individual. Um, and, you know, I love that. And actually, um, John Lee Dumas, who when we were at Rise and Record, he is just a star podcaster. Um, I, I was just so, ex- I was so excited to meet him and talk to him. And afterwards, he came up to me and he said, hey, I want to talk to you. And he said, I just want to give you some advice. He, he listened to what I was doing with my podcast and he's like, I think you need to share a little bit more. And so now we're going to continue to sprinkle in some of these interviews, but I've been now releasing three times a week instead of just once a week. And I've just been doing a lot of these tips and different things, you know, overcoming fears, um, probably a lot of the same things you talk about in Born Unbreakable, but trying just to encourage people and remind people of these core key fundamentals that if we apply to our lives, we will be successful. We will move and we will make things happen.
1: Yes. You're so on fire. And, and John Lee Dumas is spot on. It's so funny. You mentioned that because the episodes that I had done prior to this were solo episodes. And I very much like you started out really like, this is about the person. This is about the interview. This is about the gold that they're bringing. Like, I don't need to be talking and everything. So, but same thing, same feedback. And, um, Expert, expert podcasters, a- analysis folks, you know, say like that is you've got to share you and who you are, what you believe, what you value, so people can understand that story and can relate, you know, at a deeper level with what your purpose and your why and your drive is. So like, for example, I listened to, and I love this, by the way. So this is just like live feedback, but I I listened to um, the Motivational Monday that you did. Um, and I love the quote that you shared from John C. Maxwell, you know, about being being a person who cares as a leader because people don't care how much, you know, and you know how much you care. And and, you know, it was just this this tidbit that showed your passion behind that, that showcased, you know, other people that influence, you know, us in the self-development space. And it's just it's that little gold nugget. So I, I love that you're doing um, some dynamic things with your show and, you know, kind of showcasing both like the, the wonderful, amazing athletes, but then also some of the wisdom and influences that have um, affected you personally. So awesome.
0: Yeah, no, and I and I love that. And again, he's kind of an expert in that area. And so for me, it was like, okay, right. So we get that feedback, right? There's that in a sense coaching. And it's like, okay, I could have sat on and be like, well, that's not what I'm doing. And that's fine, right? I have my own choice to make. But I immediately pivoted because I was like, listen, this is somebody who knows what he's talking about. And so then it was like, okay, well, we can mix those stories in still. But then we can tie in these other areas of just this information. And, you know, and so, um, yeah, so I love that. So he was very big. And, and for you and what you're doing, he was very big on what is your what is your ultimate goal and who is your audience and what are you trying to share? You know, and so for me, it was these principles, these principles had impacted me that have helped me not only on the softball field, but off the softball field. And, you know, I'm finding and you probably see this, too, because I know you do coaching I find that I talk to these things regularly with friends, you know, just when meeting up with people and hearing their stories and then you're, you're automatically offering this advice and you're like, wait, we could just share that. So everybody can hear that because most of us can relate to these situations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're they're Like you said, you mentioned consistency and, you know, I know there's marketing studies that are done and you know people have to hear things about a dozen times yeah. before it sinks in so while it seems redundant because it's in your it's in your universe it's in your you know ecosystem all the time um for someone else that might be the first time you know that they're hearing things but it's it's funny because look at how people remember commercials like if you hear ba 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 like you, you already know what that is. And those are not even words. They're just, it's just a sound, you know, or just do it or, mm-hmm. you know, have it your way. I mean, all these little lines, you hear it and see it so much subliminally that all of a sudden it's in your head. And I, I think the same goes for leadership principles and mindset, because you you have to have that repetition for it to sink in and get to a place where, like you mentioned, you believe it. I think you have to experience it enough times before it becomes a core belief in your heart, in your soul, you know, and I, th- I do think that's the difference between what stops people in their tracks from yeah. kind of shying away from that big dream and that big execution because it seems too lofty or just too overwhelming.
0: Yeah. And, and it was really cool because I also had a friend listen to my podcast and she started listening and she was like, she called me up and was like, Hey, and you probably have had this too, but she's like, "I, I really was wanting to start a podcast, but you know, I just, it's, I just, even saying the name to you, I just, I feel embarrassed. I'm like, no, like, don't feel embarrassed. Like, tell me. And I'm like, that's a great name. And you know, within like a month, you know, she had asked and I'd given her some advice and she, took action, right? She took action. It goes from thoughts to actions. And, you know, and if we can be that, that little, you know, button that is helps them just get their hand to push that button. Right. And, and so that's the fun mm-hmm. part, right. Is allowing people to just unlock that potential. Right. It starts out as potential. I'm like, potential doesn't really mean anything. Right. Cause you know, people as an athlete, right. People are like, Oh, Oh, on paper, this team is supposed to win. I'm like, no, no, no. Forget about on paper, <laughs> who's going to show up because it's not yeah. about potential it's about who performs well you want to be prepared to perform yes. right so do the preparation take action get a good plan in place right that's part of it get a good plan and then and then go out and lay it all on the line right learn from the mistakes that's all part of it right and so it's just it's fun to be able to share that and inspire others and um you know that's why I love hearing what mm-hmm. you're doing and because the more voices out there that get activated the more lives that can be changed. I mean, there's so much to go around, right? Like so many people might think I'm never gonna do it because there's already too many people in the game. It's like I could have said that. There's so many people in softball, right? But when I fought and I believed it and I wanted it, I worked my way up one step at a time and I became an Olympic gold medalist.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's and I mean, and we think about think about the world we live in today, where we're you can argue that anything is saturated. Anything from the restaurant business and the next, you know, burger place that's coming out to technology that's competing with each other. You know, you've got your iPhone, your Samsung, your Google. I mean, it doesn't, it's not going to stop the next thing from being a thing. You just have to figure out what makes you different, what makes you differentiated. And so that's, I, I think that's, that's an aspect of it because it's, there's always something that someone else hasn't thought of or hasn't done and and i think that 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 is a a limiting factor is just thinking about that saturation and letting it scare you into going oh well i can't just be one more i'll just be another number <laughs> you know you have to think bigger than that and you have to think beyond that so that's that's such an important factor so you know you've done you've had this career where you've played sports and then now you you know you've coached and you've done. I, I love the ESPN. That's such a cool. That's such another cool way for you to to contribute to you know to sports. And then of course you've got the podcast. So it just begs the question: Like, what's what's the trajectory? Like, what are you excited about next? What are some of the 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 things that are cooking over the course of the
0: next year or so for you? Yeah, well, I I really feel like I'm in a in just like this new growth stage right now. I feel like this is just the beginning. I I really do. Like, I, I was excited to be a part of Brandon Adams, you know, Rise and Record Mastermind this past year, and the, some of the people I met and you know, I was actually a homeschool mom on top of my speaking and traveling and ESPN. A lot of those things I did on a lot of weekends. I was a homeschool mom for 13 years. And so my son, he's a, he's a sophomore, my youngest, he's a sophomore. I have, I have three boys, but one's a sophomore, one's a junior, one's out of high school. When he went to his first you know, time going to school his freshman year, a year and a half ago, I was like, okay, now I have more freedom in a sense. Like that was my priority. Well, now my kids are at school all day. What do what do I want to spend my time doing? And so I feel like now I'm finally able to put time and focus. I'm wanna, you know, I'm working on the gold standard book. Um, I'm working on, you know, opportunities to get a lot more into corporate speaking. Um, I, I feel like there's this whole new world and I'm so excited about it I'm um, in the process of creating a course I am you know creating some um, some PDFs that people are going to be able to get so this should all be in the next you know couple months like this stuff should start be rolling be rolling out but I'm so excited for what's ahead because you know, I've spoken for a lot of years, but people have just contacted me. I've never once marketed myself nothing, but now I'm learning what people in this career field do. And what for, for about a year, Honestly, I was asking a lot of questions. I was talking to people. I was finding out what Mm -hmm. people do. I was, but then, like, we talked about the whole softball thing and just knowing, like, I'd be like, no, that's not for me right now, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe later, but that part's not for me. And then, when it, you know, came down to speaking, doing more corporate, doing some of these courses, I really felt like that's it. It it challenges me. (laughs) So it's funny to like all these things we're talking about and I'm like writing about, like, getting out of my comfort zone. It's pushing me out of my comforts and then there's this part of me that's like, ah, in some ways like I don't like it, but then I do because it's a challenge and so I'm getting stretched, but I'm so excited because I know that every time on the other side of the challenge and of the obstacle is growth and potential and possibilities.
1: Yes. I, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book right now too. And one of the things that just came to me as I was listening to you talk is this, this quote about everything you want is on the other side of fear, you know. And um, I I love that you use the word stretch because I do think it is in our discomfort that lies the most growth. Yep. Because you're 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 out of that state of just equilibrium and homeostasis, and everything's just kind of like on cruise control. It's when you have to turn up the turbo you know, that things start getting interesting and that's what keeps life exciting and and keeping you looking forward to something, you know, and that's if that's that next challenge, you know, and that's why I always find it so fascinating, especially when it comes to athletics, because I do think that that is a question that people often wonder when they've seen somebody on, you know, on the big screen all the time, like just doing sports, then the, the, it begs the question of like, oh, well then what's next? (laughs) You know, because they've spent their like devoted so much of their life's work to doing sport. Then all of a sudden it becomes, okay, well then now you're off the field. So what do you do with that? And like, you're just such a testament to, there's a, a thousand things that you can do with that. And you're, and you're doing it right now. It's, it's incredible.
0: And it's, it's hard for a lot of athletes. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, it's hard for a lot of athletes sometimes, um, because their identity is found so much in that sport. And so all of a sudden you go from being on top of the world. And unless you're like that top 1% that everybody knows your name and you never have to worry about the rest of all these pro and Olympic athletes, you're kind of just like, okay, now what? Right. And so you know, for me, like, I think just having my hands and some of these different things, but, but again, it goes back to at the heart of it. Like what I was like, what do I want to do? My husband, you know, right now is our primary breadwinner. So I was able to just sit back and say, what do I want to do? If I was forced into it, I mean, I would go find something and I know I'm going to be successful no matter what I do, but it was more like, what, what do I feel led to what direction Where? and, and really when it comes down to it for me, and I see you having this feeling too. I think a lot of people in this personal development space, I want to have the biggest impact. And one of the things that even talking to John Lee Dumas and even Brandon T. Adams, you can have all this wisdom and knowledge, but unless you're finding ways to share it, it's just sitting inside of you, right? So podcasts are an amazing place, right? To share that podcast books, a book can go where you can't go. So you writing that book, me writing this next book, it's getting information in places that we otherwise wouldn't be able to get and the impact and the ripple effect, you might just impact someone's life that you've, you've never even met, but yet the message was what changed their lives.
1: And, and, and he said, like John Lee Dumas says, you know the messages in the mess sometimes of like your story and all the different like obstacles that you like in, in gold standards, the oh that you talk about that you, that you face. And, you know, you're right. I think, you know, going through the process of writing a book, I think is you, overcome so much like in your in your mind with your self-limiting beliefs because especially in a self-development space it's like oh well, well that message has been said or you know like all these things are like well what's the difference if I articulate it this way and and it's it's all the difference you know it's like we're we're in a different time we're in a different space we have our unique experiences so it's yes. all relevant you know all of it and it and even that you know influencing and impacting that one person so this leads me to a question i'm so excited about this because i was thinking of some new like questions to to really tap into my guests and i've been thinking about you know we're moving into a new year which is crazy because but when when this episode airs there'll be 24 days left in in 2022 which is is like wow what lightning speed. So one of the things that I like to do, and I do this in my mastermind is, you know, coming up with a word of intention
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the year, for the following year, 23. And it's, it's so amazing that you just use this word. Cause it's, it's the word that I decided on over this last week. And um, I was listening to some other fellow masterminders share what, what their words are. And um, mine is impact. Mm. You know, I, I was just thinking about a, a, Gosh, what where am I at where with myself and what I desire, what I want to produce in the world, and what do I want more of and its its impact? So that's that's the word that just kind of gravitated to me. So it's amazing <laughs> that you had that synergy and you said that. So I'm curious, and I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but what comes to mind for you? as a word of intention as you're looking ahead to the new year?
0: Well, with you saying that, it makes me think um, a couple months back when I was thinking of three words, impact, influence, and inspire. And for me, I would say inspire. The way I, I thought about it when I was doing that was impact makes people feel a certain way. Like you make them, you have an impact. And then influence makes them think a certain way and it changes their thoughts, right? And then the last one, inspire can lead them to take new actions. And so I would say inspire that one extra piece, right? Because it is tied to our feelings and our emotions and our thoughts, but it's when it leads to actions that everything changes. And so that mine would be, I want to inspire people to take whatever that next step is, that can lead them eventually to the next level in whatever they're striving for.
1: Oh my gosh, Leah, that is amazing. That is so powerful. So powerful. Oh, such an such a strong word, inspire. So okay, what do you want to spend more time doing in 2023?
0: I want to spend more time writing. I I really want to spend more time writing because I tend to be like, no, I'm a speaker. I speak, I share, you know, like thoughts come to me and I, and, and I, you know, I, I do a lot of different things. And so, but it's like, but get it down because if I get it down again and I get it into print, it can go to places I Mm -hmm. can't go. And so I feel like that's, I think one of my goals is to, is to finish my book, to get, you know, um, I have, I have, you know, a PDF that I'm going to be releasing soon. One gold standard goal setting, golds, and then gold standard leadership, um, as well as um, definitely to to start going after some higher level gigs that I've never put myself out there ever. So I'm very excited to to challenge myself, and I'm excited to see what what's going to come from it.
1: Yeah. It's like scary and exciting at the same time, you know, to pursue that it's, and it's going to, well, and it's going to just feel so good. You know, you talk about exhilaration, you know, standing up on the podium, this is that next, that next version of exhilaration for you is, is doing those gigs that, you know, are the next level of what you, uh, you know, might not have imagined until, until now putting your focus to it just like you did when you were when you were on the softball field. Um you know so we've talked about a number of different success principles. You know, if you had to say the success principle that has impacted you the most, what would that be?
0: I'm just going to go back to belief. I'm I'm going to just go back to like belief, like belief in what in what you want. Belief in the fact you're able to achieve what you want. I I think that Mm -hmm. anything that I've done. Sometimes I've said yes. People have asked me to something. I'm thinking I have no idea. I I co-hosted a show for a few years with the you know AC Green and Frank Pastore, former NFL, I mean NBA and former MLB athletes and and I said sure I'll be a co-host. And I get to the studio that day and I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) And I was like. That's okay. I got this. I got this. And I went in and I was so scared. (laughs) And we did it. And at the end, I was like, you know what? I'm a female voice. Like, yeah, they're superstars in what they do. Mm -hmm. They might have a lot more experience than I do. But guess what? Like, I'm going to bring a different perspective. And I got this, you know? And so at the other day when I said yes, it was because even though I hadn't done it before, I believed I could do it. So for me, I really believe like core belief in yourself is crucial. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously the more we prepare, like we're going to, it's going to keep building and keep building. And so, um, I think when it comes down to it, anybody who, um, has been successful in any aspect, they have believed that they were going to, they were able to.
1: Yeah. What is a self-limiting belief that at one point you had that you've had to overcome?
0: You know, well, I'll tell you, it was when I focused on the one negative thing I did and what would happen was when I would, when I would do something and I have, you know, I'd be, do pretty well, but then I'd, I'd have this one or two things and that's all that would be replaying in my head. That's when I would struggle because my focus, right? What you focus on grows, right? And that's, that's what becomes, you know, everything to you. And so, and so that is when I noticed like I would get stuck. And I would get stopped and I wouldn't be making progress and I wouldn't be moving forward. And I literally had to then shift and say, wait, I'm trying, I need to focus on what I am trying to do, what the positive part is. And so I would say for me, it was that's what the shift had to be. So now, even if something comes up and I feel like I catch myself like, oh, am I really capable? I immediately go to here's what I do bring to the table like that strength, focusing on your strength. So instead of focusing on my weakness, right? I, I, I immediately try to yep. shift and I talk to myself. I don't listen to myself because that's the difference too, right? Why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. You're not, you know, and, and instead it was like, you got this girl. <laughs> so, so that's all tied yes. in. But that's what I would say is when my focus, my limit, when I limited myself was when I focused on the wrong thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You've given so much amazing advice, Leah. If there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening, what would it be?
0: What I I would say is the gold standard for each of us is is just us giving our very best. And it's not always going to be the best in the room, right? Because the second we start comparing ourselves, we might want to just quit before we start. So everybody can live out the gold standard by setting those goals, persevering when it's hard, right? have quality people around you and then just, just do, do the work. Like you can live out the gold standard. That's what I would share with everybody. You can live out the gold standard. You decide, <laughs> let me just say this last thing. Cause I didn't say it on this, but I talk about it a lot. My coach would always tell us every day, you alone, there's a lot of things outside your control, but you alone can control your attitude and your effort. So every day, if I came with a positive attitude and gave all my effort, that was the gold standard. That led me to winning a gold medal. <laughs> Attitude and effort. Like, that's it. Like, you make yourself better. You make others better. So to live out that gold standard, just give your best.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It sounds so simple, but it is so true. You can absolutely control those things. And there's days when it's a little harder. Mm-hmm. Than others (laughs) when things are not going the way that you want. And so having a good attitude is not, you know, as easy to muster, but it makes such a difference because of of, like I said, the energy that you emanate to the world around you, even when you're you're not consciously recognizing what it does, how it affects, you know, people and everything like that. So I think that's so true. Leah, how can people find you, and follow the amazing work that you're doing.
0: I'm on Instagram. It's at Leah20USA. So L E A H 20USA. Of course, my number's in there. Um, and then my website is leahamico.com, L E A H A M I C O.com. And if people sign up on my website for my newsletter, they'll get a monthly, you know, a little newsletter that I send out that is giving encouraging tips as well. Um, and, you know, they'll be kind of up to date with some different things that I'm coming out with on my website. We'll have, you know, my course and these PDFs that I want to be able to just share these core essentials that have helped me in every area of life and I really believe are going to be the building blocks and the stepping stones for success in this, you know, these new areas that I'm heading in as well.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I'm so excited for everything that you're doing. I'm grateful for the impact and the inspiration that you're you're having already and just more of it is coming. And I just thank you for sharing your wisdom, your your honesty, and your energy uh, on on the interview today. Thank you so much for your
0: time. Thank you, Coach Des. It's been a blessing to be on here, and I love what you're doing as well. Just impacting so many people, and you know, all like you said. I mean, I can't wait to get in the hundreds <laughs> in my podcast, but that's something I'm striving for. And you know, again, it it doesn't matter where you start. So it was it was really a pleasure talking with you. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Leah. Leah Amico is one of the most incredible, dynamic, energetic, ambitious women that I've had the pleasure of interacting with. We could have easily done a two-hour interview. We stayed talking after I stopped recording and just were riffing off of each other and our experiences and just having such a vulnerable time connecting in the, in the space of self-development, and it's such a beautiful thing. I can't under, uh, you know, underscore enough the power of networking and just human connection. So if there's one thing that you get out of this podcast, it is, it, it is recognizing the power of inspiration and connection you know, that was Leah's word that she said for her next year is inspire, mine is impact. One, you're one connection away from those two things. You're one connection away from the experience of impact and inspiration in either direction, you for someone or someone for you. And that, that is, there's no price tag for that. There truly is no price tag for that. And it is timeless. I love the acronym of GOLD that Leah uses in her gold standard of goals, obstacles, leadership, drive, and that determination. It's it's so awesome. Such an amazing process to Follow and principles to follow. I certainly hope that you were inspired by her. Uh, please follow her, Leah Twenty. Um, let me <clears throat> pull that up again, um, so you can you you know follow her on social media because she truly is such such an awesome human being. The more that I've gotten to know her, the more impressed I am. So Leah L E A H. Two zero USA. Um, Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. So, uh, Yeah, I'm on fire, as you could tell. (laughs) I'll definitely put a pep in my step today to be able to have some time with Leah. Please subscribe and follow the Born Unbreakable podcast if you don't already. Uh, Share this episode. Share this episode who who needs that impact and inspiration. It, It means so much to me. Drop a rating and review if you haven't already. Remember that you are your only limit, so take action today. And I will see you next time for the next episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.